Welcome to Building Conversations, a construction podcast powered by the STO Building Group. If you've been following our podcast over the last two years, you know that interviews with AEC experts about the trends driving the industry are our bread and butter. But today's episode is going to be a little different. August 2021 marks Structure Tone's 50th anniversary. For those of you who aren't familiar with STO Building Group's history, Structure Tone New York really started it all. To celebrate our legacy brand reaching this monumental milestone, we've recorded over 30 employees of all levels and backgrounds telling their Structure Tone stories. In this episode, we're covering Structure Tone's early days, building in the 1980s and 90s, some major project wins, what company culture was like, and how all of that led to founder Pat Donahue's client-first motto becoming the cornerstone of our organization. Again, welcome to Building Conversations, an episode three of Structure Tone's 50th anniversary oral history series. Let's start our trip back to the early days by first hearing from Structure Tone President Mike Neary. Mike Neary, President of Structure Tone, and I've been with the company officially since 1984. Unofficially, I've been around Structure Tone since 1975. So, how I became involved at Structure Tone and became employed by Structure Tone is obviously family relations got me the introduction to Structure Tone. I worked as a summer laborer for uh, seven summers, all throughout high school and all throughout college. You know, after college, I graduated, went to work for a management training program at a trucking company, worked there for about a year and a half, and I got recruited to Structure Tone by Pat Donahue. I had never seen that side of Structure Tone before because obviously working as a laborer in the field, you know, that's what you saw, that was the industry you saw. So I, I signed on and, you know, with all the years of being exposed to Structure Tone, you know, being a laborer, working on job sites, seeing how the field, you know, worked and how things got done. You felt very comfortable with the business, but I'd never seen, you know, the business side of it and really all the, uh, all the workings because it was very small back then. You know, today we have departments, we have disciplines, we have, you know, responsibilities that are very much outlined. Back then, they had a small number of people. They all did uh, a little bit of everything. Pat was the ultimate boss. They were just starting to introduce computers, et cetera. When we first started, you know, people always kid around. You got a roll of quarters and a beeper, and that was your technology and communication back then. You know, you go out to a job site, you'd be setting up the landline at the job site. That was a common thing just with communication back then, you know. so. It was a lot harder to get a hold of people because if you imagine when they were at the job sites, they're out on the floor and maybe they have a landline in the office, but they're not there. So you didn't get a hold of them all day because they're out walking the floors. So that is a whole different scheme. We used to have like work order books where a client would authorize us to do more work or a subcontractor wanted, you know, some change order, something approved or signed. And we used to have the, uh, what's the, it had the, uh, not the vellum paper, it had the, uh, like tri, tri-party change orders. You would keep one for the records, you would sign something and give one to the client, et cetera. So it was a lot of that kind of stuff where, you know, or they'd be calling the office when they do, come back in from the field, they got to order materials. It was a whole process and a routine. 
and it seems everyone had a roll of quarters on them in those days, including former president Tony Carvetti. Hi, I'm uh, Tony Carvetti. I joined Structure Tone in 1986 as uh, executive vice president. In 1988, I was promoted to chief operating officer. And in 1991, I became president as well as uh, chief operating officer. I uh, actually was a client of Structure Tone in either 74 or 75. I was with a uh, skincare cosmetic company called Georgia Klinger and they were on the second and third floor at 501 Madison Avenue. And we realized that since most of the profits were in products, we should be on the ground floor. So we were able to secure space on the ground floor. And I had interviewed three contractors uh, and was ready to award the job when Georgia Klinger called me and said she had just met this wonderful Irishman. And that, of course, was Pat Donahue, and I had to meet him. I did meet with him and I tried everything to uh, discourage him from pursuing the job, but he was persistent. Uh, we ended up giving him the job and they did an absolutely fantastic job. When I came to Structure Town, there were no cell phones. The superintendent used to get a roll of quarters, they had a beeper, and when we beeped them, they'd have to call the office to see what the message was. When you call the office, the only phone number was 212-481-6100. There were no direct lines. So every call came through the switchboard, and Helen, the operator, uh, would say, Structure Tone, hang on. Structure Tone, hang on. People thought that was the name of our company, Structure Tone, hang on. There was no fax machines until someone sent an RFP asking what our fax machine number was, and we had to run out and get one quickly. So communication was huge, and of course there weren't any computers. Uh, so everything was typed, and you really didn't have the kind of information that you have today. Union labor was another defining characteristic of building in the 80s. I think in the 80s, everything was union, which in a funny way made it easier. Uh, it's unbelievable to me that the industry changed and transitioned to where a good deal of the work is non-union, where before it was all union. So I think it was easier to compete because it was apples to apples and all the companies were union. According to Tony, the structure of the construction market in the 80s helped Structure Tone solidify their spot as a front runner in the industry. And the company has continued rising in the ranks, despite the differences between building back then and building now. It's different because of the unions, and it's different because of, there's a lot more competition, I think. And most of the jobs now are construction management. I think in, 80, in the 80s, there were almost all bid GCs, and the CM was just evolving. And Structure Tone became, I think, a leader in the field of doing construction management work. The market isn't the only part of the business that's evolved. Brian Boyce, Vice President of Operations for Paverini Northeast, talks about how different communication is today. Hello everyone, my name is Brian Boyce. I'm the Vice President of Operations. I started in 1984. Uh, I think what's evolved now is technology. Technology is unbelievable. And we work in a 24 seven world, right? You have your phone with you and you're always communicating. Back when we started, you know, you're carrying a roll of drawings on a, on a subway to a job and breaking out. And if you're communicating, you're getting your it's a beeper that was calling you. You had to go down to the street if you didn't have a phone for a pay phone. So there was a, there was a time lapse and get an answer. You know, get an answer from an architect or an engineer to build a job. It was a meeting in the field or you, it, everything is so much faster now which helps the job. And Mike Milanofi, 
Regional Vice President for Paverini Northeast, agrees. I'm Mike Milanofi, the Regional Vice President for Paverini in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, I graduated college on May 26, 1984, and I started at Strugstown on May 29th, that Monday. We went from uh, beepers and a roll of quarters, because you always need a roll of quarters for pay phones. And then there was the introduction of the fax machine. But I'll never forget it, in the operations department on 26th Street, you almost needed permission to use the fax machine because it cost a quarter to send a fax. And there was a guy there, Eddie Walsh, who was always monitoring the fax machine. And why are you faxing that, you know? Why don't you just get in a cab and run it up? So, you know, you're like, whatever. So, um, yeah, the, it, it was actually great to watch the evolution of technology really, you know, change what we do for a living. Yeah, and, and Brian's right. We are far more efficient, but you're always on call, too. When you went on vacation then, you went on vacation then, right? Um, technology and expectations are you're always approachable and reachable, even if you're on vacation, you know? No longer can you say, well, I'm going to a place that doesn't have a signal. That's the, that's the moon. Otherwise, you're, you're reachable, you're approachable, you know? But what was it like in the field? Hi, I'm Michael Marin. I've been with Structure Tone since 1987, and I'm a project superintendent. When I first started in New York City, it was kind of crazy in construction. Uh, it was booming, and there wasn't enough trades or enough people going around, so we all ran around the city and we all helped each other and, and pretty much worked from morning to night. It was, it was just, it was interesting, it was fun. What I remember most about when I started was just how busy and how crazy we were and, and how we just ran around the city and the typical structure tone attitude was there was no job too big and there was no job too small. We would put sheetrock in cabs and compound buckets and paint and we'd be running around Manhattan doing all kinds of service jobs. We'd be getting phone calls at Thursday afternoon to get a job set up for the weekend and somehow between the whole office we all got it done. Back in the 80s it was, it was really truly just trying to get the job done and go as fast as humanly possible. You have a quality project. Now we have a whole lot more safety regulations, a whole lot more paperwork, a whole lot more emails. Everybody expects an answer in, in minutes instead of let me look into it and get back to you. It's a little more high pressure now than I would say in the 80s. People think that modern technology is better. Me personally, sometimes I think uh, we should go back to the fax machines and, and slow down a little bit. It's hard to slow down though when you keep winning project after project. And the early days saw some of our organization's most groundbreaking client awards. Members of our pre-construction and operations teams look back on some of their most memorable project wins. My name is Carl Anushian. I'm senior vice president. I head up pre-construction portion of the work here in New York. I started in 1993. Goldman Sachs, One New York Plaza was the first major project that I did here. Um, you know, and that started the whole Goldman Sachs ball rolling, which we did quite a bit after that. We took six columns out of the top floor of that building, put seven foot deep transfer girders across the roof and hung the roof so that the traders could look across the trading floor and not have to go like this, but could more, you know, see straight through. And I mean, just, you, you still look at it, if you Google it, you'll see the, the whole structure up on the roof. And so when you look at things like that, it's wow, you know, that was like, wasn't your everyday job, you know, that we did. And from there it became, you know, one New York Plaza, 32 Old Slip, 85 Broad, 10 Hanover, it just kept going and going and going. And all from reputation, my opinion. We did the job and, and we knocked it out in the park. 
Another tenured Structure Tone employee, Paul Kiosian, a senior project manager who has worked for Structure Tone for his entire 35-year career, talks about his first project. My name is Paul Kiosian. I'm a senior project manager with Structure Tone in New York, and I started with Structure Tone as an intern in May of 1985. So my first project with Structure Tone in the summer of 1985 was Newsweek magazine. I worked with Frank McCann and Pete Scully. Uh, Pete Scully was an old-time super, and Frank McCann was one of our project managers, and we were building, I think it was two or three floors for Newsweek magazine. So it was interesting because I was the RP, I was the messenger, I was the um, document control person, I was everything. There was no FedEx, there was no messengers, there was no fax machine yet. So everything had to be handwritten, go to the architect's office, they'll call us back or we'll call them, they'll tell us it's ready. I go down and pick it up and bring it back. So that was my early career. But it wasn't until the mid-90s that he managed his first major renovation. I was told to go to J.P. Morgan at 522 Fifth Avenue. So I packed up my stuff and I went to 522. I was told this for a few months. So five years later, we did a complete restack of the building, replaced all the windows, put generators. We completely repositioned the building. And I, I guess that was really my first foray into you know, something big. Everything up to that point was really maintenance work, small patch of matches and stuff like that, really learning everything. So when I got to 522, it was really taking all that experience and rolling it to one project, so. Another lifelong senior project manager, Don Rodenheiser, recalls the start of his Structure Tone career. Donald Rodenheiser, um, senior project manager, and started at Structure Tone in 1983. I was young, so I was fascinated by the city and all that, and all the buildings and jobs going on. We did a lot of work at IBM and Uptown, and then there was the big Sony job came up. I wasn't involved in Sony, but I was right next door at IBM, so you could see a lot of the action, you know, taking place, and first big job that I was ever on myself was we, we did Bloomberg, and prior to that, I guess there was a bigger job, J.P. Morgan, 60 Wall. Um, I ended up going down to, um, towards the end, to finish it up and whether it be punch list or, you know, day two work, but that was the big ones for me. If you tuned in to episode one and episode two of our oral history series, you heard about the importance of maintaining Structure Tone's family feel straight from Pat Donahue and John White Sr. Scott Cornaby, executive vice president, remembers what it was like when he started in 1985. Scott Cornaby, Executive Vice President, and I started in July of 1985. I was uh, lumbering along through college and uh, playing probably too much golf and staying out late at night, but I grew up in a neighborhood with uh, Don Rodenheiser, one of our other, you know, elder tenured people here. And in between Don's house and mine was a fellow named Mike Tobin, who was the Director of Operations back then. Um, so we had kind of conversed throughout the tail end of my college years. And when I graduated, you know, Mike Tobin said, hey, you want to come down and, and give it a try? We're looking for a few young people. It's a small company. It's starting to grow. So um, I came down and interviewed with Mr. White and Mr. Tobin, and a week later I started here. I was not a city person. My first thought was, this won't be for me, and I'll, I probably won't last a couple of weeks. Um, so I was dead wrong there because it's almost 36 years later. I think it's a culmination of a lot of it while you stay somewhere, you know, my memory of the company coming here was, you know, again, had a good feel to it. It was a family kind of feeling, family culture, which I th still exists today. 
everybody was willing to help each other and share experiences. And if you were new and weren't quite sure what was going on, somebody would definitely help you. You know, there was never that um, competitiveness that, oh, I don't want to help somebody because, you know, I'm going to help them get promoted to the next project manager or the next position. Everybody here has always really tried to help out and, you know, help anybody. And I, I think that same culture is still here today. So I think a culmination of all that, the camaraderie that we had back then, you know, there's still a lot of that camaraderie feeling today. Part of Mr. Donahue and Mr. White's approach was creating opportunities for employees and their families to come together outside of work, which led to some unforgettable company events. Holiday parties, company picnics, ski trips, you name it. Holiday time was always special around here. Uh, we used to have, I mean, back in the day, it was, it was a lot of fun. It would be jumping, you know, in between major bids, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and going out, sub-parties, client functions, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun at, at, the right, at the right time of year. You know, we also had a lot of fun back in those days. It was easier because the company was smaller. The uh, summertime picnics were very well attended because everybody knew everybody, the, the holiday parties, and, and everybody really got to know each other personally and their family. There was multiple softball teams that people played on in the evenings, you know, so there was a lot of, you know, bonding and, and uh, you know, togetherness. And it was, you know, probably a little easier because the company was smaller then. You know, one of the old executives used to organize a uh, ski trip once a year. And for probably six or seven years, we did that as a company. I mean, if you tried to do that today, you'd have to rent them out, right? You know, we used to have our, uh, our summer picnics where we had a lot of families and we used to have so much fun doing that. We used to have softball team, you know, early on I, I was part of the softball team or whatever. And, you know, we played all Randall's Island and Central Park and, and uh, um, the softball games at the picnic. Once we started with acquisition, we, we acquired Pavarini, so they would come and then everybody was so competitive. Um, we had to make them more fun and not competitive because we didn't want fisticuffs to break out. They were so overly competitive. And then everybody got consumed with it and they forgot about their families and at the picnic. But it was still an awful lot of fun and uh, people will still talk about it you know, today with the great memories they had. Back in the early days, we used to do a company ski trip. My first ski trip, we went to Vernon Valley for the day. Then a year or two later, we did it as a company event. So it was, it was Saturday and Sunday, you and your family. It was a lot of fun. General Counsel Dave Cahill, who began his career at Structure Tone 31 years ago, details what made these events so great. The people. It's always been my, my favorite part of working at Structure Tone. I can tell you, for 31 years, I never really felt like I was going to work. I just think it's going to keep getting better and better. I think we have a really good group from senior executives on down to, to people building the jobs. There's quality people across the board. You know, they used to say, you didn't last at Structure Tone if you didn't come in and work hard. And I think that's still true today. And it's not just working hard, it's working smart, it's working well with colleagues, respecting everybody. And I, I think that's, that's still true today. And despite some playing hard, no one ever lost sight of Mr. Donahue's trademark client-first mantra. My father expanded the business in the 80s. This is Jim Donahue, executive chairman of STO Building Group. And uh, his view was that you know, we shouldn't say no to a client. Clients are meant to be people that you build a relationship with for everything that they're facing. And if that meant a small project in another city or uh, following them to another city so they can have that high touch, high service attitude from their construction workers in another city, that meant doing whatever it takes. You know, the world's a little different today and uh, our company has evolved and changed, but I don't think we've lost the family culture aspect of who we are. 
We believe in it over anything else. There's nothing we believe in stronger than working like a family and treating people like they're in a family. You know, we've never been perfect, but that's what we go for. That's what we kind of love about the organization is that, that, that human touch part of it. And that even translates to how we view our clients, um, clients for life, kind of like a family member. Carl Nushian and Tony Carvetti agree. Clients first, and that was always, that was, was never, never in doubt. So whatever it took, whatever we needed to do, we got done. Our goal was always do the best job for the client and the next one will come, you know, and that was always, that was always my sales pitch. I wasn't the best salesman, but if you gave them the right numbers and you worked through that and you completed that job and you closed that job out, you became the go-to guy, you know, for the next one. So we were very client focused. So you'd always take a client to lunch or breakfast and we were really focused on the clients. And I think that's one of the reasons Structure Tone was so successful because they focused on the clients and we had a great operations department that delivered all the silly promises we made that the job would be done. They somehow got it done. And that's what made the company so great in the 80s and 90s. Mike Neary and Mike Milanofi talk more about how Structure Tone's culture influenced its growth and success. The Structure Tone management philosophy at an early age in the growth of where we are today was very much into best practices, communication, collaboration, and since then, that has really continued to uh, be a staple here, and it's a great way, whether we hear it from emerging leaders or the executives that are running all the businesses, we learn a lot from each other. There's a lot of support. There is a lot of client surrounding that is important to us. You know, our client is doing work in another city. We want to make sure that we all realize how important those clients are for us, so we have that regular dialogue. And that's one of the secret sources for Structure Tone. Many companies that have grown like we have don't have that family culture that starts back when Structure Tone was first starting to grow, but then looks to maintain that as new companies come on board, have merged with us. It's, it's part of the key. For me, I think what I, I think separates us is no employee here is just a number. He, he's not a level, like you're a level one, level two, super level three. For as large as this company has gotten since we started, it's still a family. It still feels like a family. You know, I love the open door policy, whether it was John or Pat, Bob or Jimmy or, or whomever else. Everybody's approachable. There's a real team unity here. Everybody pulls the rope in the same direction. And I, I have no concerns of calling anybody on 34th Street if I need support, whether it's pitching a job, resolving something in a job or making them aware of something. Um, I feel what separates us from the others in our marketplace is the family culture that we grew up in, and it's still here today. For as big as we are, it's still here today. Going back to the early days, Structure Tone has prided itself on being a family-oriented company. Many of the employees you heard from today have worked here for decades and attribute their success and longevity to the guidance from the company's early mentors, Mr. Pat Donahue and Mr. John White. Paul Kiosian sums it up perfectly. Well, when I tell people that I've been with the same company for 35 years, it kind of blows their mind. But, you know, it's a uh, monumental feat, I think, to, to say you've been with the same company all these years. A monumental feat, indeed. We'd like to thank Jim Donahue, Mike Neary, Tony Carvetti, 
Dave Cahill, Scott Cornaby, Carl Anushian, Mike Milanofi, Brian Boyce, Paul Kiosian, Don Rodenheiser, and Mike Marin for sharing their stories about Structure Tone's early days. We'll be talking about expanding the Structure Tone brand next, so stay tuned for episode four of Structure Tone's 50th anniversary oral history series on the Building Conversations podcast.